This is Radio Free Pro Wrestling, the home of smart and stunning wrestling takes, with your host, David the Smart Mark, and stunning Sean Burkhead. Ladies and gentlemen, keep your seat in the upright position and the seatbelt sign is still on as your stunning captain tries to land this edition of Radio Free Professional Wrestling all by himself because David the Smart Mark is still on vacation. But rest assured, he will be back next week and we will put him right to work. I hope everyone had a happy Easter if you celebrated the holiday. What a week in professional wrestling that we just came off of. There were some good, some bad, and some ugly. And we're going to go right to the news so we can talk about everything that happened in this past weeks of professional wrestling. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. Okay, so our top news story. Kaylee Ray. According to PW Insider, the WWE has decided to change her name to Abba Fry. As it seems like Vince McMahon has decreed once again that nobody can use their name that you used to use on the independent scene or their real names. They want to have career control over the performers. So the former forever NXT UK champion is now known as Abba Fry. And probably is the worst renaming since Gunther. Now granted, I can't wait to next week to hear how David's going to rant and rave about this ill choice by the WWE to rename his beloved professional wrestler. So stay tuned. Now, if you miss AEW Rampage, Heyman Adam Page defeated Adam Cole in a awesome Texas Deathmatch to retain the AEW World Title. And another championship news. Back on this past Tuesday's episode of NWA Power, Matt Cardona somehow defeated friend of the show, Pope, in a classic NWA world title match on NWA Power. Now, we did have a title change back on Saturday night at the Battle for the Belts 2 as Sandy DeBarra became the second person to be a three-time TNT champion as he defeated Scorpio Sky after Scorpio Sky only having the TNT title for a little bit over a month. We'll have more about this in the 76 questions. Okay, you UK fans, set the date for September 3rd as the WWE will host one of its premium live events in Cardiff, Wales. This marks the first time since 2003 that the WWE will be doing a pay-per-view level event from the United Kingdom, the last time that was being insurrection. No word at the present time if they are going to do a NST style takeover for NST UK the day before this event, but I do believe a lot of NST UK talent will be used for the show. This has been your Radio Free Professional Wrestling Control Center. Now on to my writing and raving and the stunning six questions this week. It's time for the stunning six questions. All of the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, Sean and David can make sense of it. Okay, first stunning questions. Why did the WWE not include the Progress World Title match between Jonathan Gresham and Carter Noir in their recording of Progress Chapter 130? Apparently, they decided to not include the main event of the last chapter of Progress 
due to the fact that Jonathan Grissom was eventually signing to AEW. So when I saw this chapter pop up this past Saturday, I was like, oh great, I get to see the main event because everybody's been talking about this main event between Jonathan Grissom and Carter Watt being one heck of a match. Now, I've been waiting for this match to come on to Peacock so I can watch it. So, yes, Cutter Me disappointed WWE in the fact that you took off one heck of a match just because one of the gentlemen doesn't work for the quote-unquote WWE umbrella. Okay, stunning question number two for the week. Did AEW make a mistake by taking the TNT title off of Scorpio Sky and giving it back to Sammy Lugabara at Battle of the Belts 2? Now, I'm going to argue the fact that AEW did make a mistake by taking the title off of Scorpio Sky. Now, do you remember when Scorpio Sky first started with the company? He was one of the hot acts in the company. He was one half of the first AEW Tag Team Champions. And we thought they were putting the rocket to his back and he's going straight to the moon. He's going to go to a single run and probably challenge Chris Jericho or Kenny Omega for the AEW world title. Fast forward two years, here he is stuck in this mid-card at with another good talent and Ethan Page being sent back by Dan Lambert, but you can still see the talent there, okay? But they decided to put the title back on Sandy Guevara, making him the second three-time champion in the two-year history of the TNT title. The simple fact that this belt has been around for two years and we already have two people have three title runs with this belt is insane. I was quite enjoying the fact that Scorpio Sky was going around saying, hey, I haven't been defeated in 300 whatever days it was. It gave him something to gloat about. He had a title belt. I felt like it had a little bit more run with this. They could eventually get to somebody else to get this title off of Scorpio Sky. It could have been Jungle Boy. It could have been one of the Dark Order members, John Silver, maybe by chance. Now we got the belt back on Sammy Guevara, and he won it after delivering a Lobo to Scorpio Sky. So the question is, are they going to turn Sammy and take Connie Hill now? Because I feel like the fans are turning on them already. Now, the bigger question is, what do you do with Scorpio Sky from here? Because he legitimately lost his title to Sammy Guevara in his first major title defense. i like to see Scorpio Sky break away from Ethan Page. I feel like both of them could be single wrestlers. And I like Scorpio Sky as a heel. You know, I love him more as a babyface. And I want him to have a main title run. And with the fact that I believe... Tony Khan's going to start up a real art TV show. It might be better for Scorpio Sky and even pays both to slide over to the ROH division because the tag team division in AEW is insane at the moment and you don't really see them having an opportunity to go for the AEW World Tag Team titles at the moment. So why not bring more to Real Honor, have either Ethan Page or Scorpio Sky face off against Jonathan Gerson for the ROH World title or have them face Yuta for the pure title. There's a lot of different options we have now since ROH is a part of AEW. The one thing I don't want is these two gentlemen to be lost in the shuffle because they are two major talents that you could build a company around. Stunning question number three for the week. Could the technical issues suffered by New, New Japan Pro Wrestling during their Winnie City Riot pay-per-view on Fight TV cause them viewers in North America? Now, I'm going to say yes to this question. Now, personally, me, I've been watching New Japan for a few years now. I have seen them have some technical issues before, but not to the level of this event we saw this past Saturday night. I literally had to restart my stream eight times during the 
three hours this show was on the air. And it was like in key moments of the event where the match would just get started good. And oh, by the way, buffer. Or we lose the audio. Which is kind of okay because you still get the the pictures so you can watch the match and you just see the action in the ring. But then it would be like a bad Japanese horror movie where the stuff you see on the screen didn't match the audio you were listening to. So you were actually being told of things that was happening in the future if you're watching the actual pictures on the screen. Now for the last couple of years, New Japan Pro Wrestling has had one of its goals being to increase its exposure in North America. They have been holding events year after year in North America, continuing to increase given the fact that we did have the pandemic and they slide back a couple of shows during the pandemic era, but they are back in North America and this was literally their first time having a show in Chicago which is one of the major wrestling cities in North America. Now, at the show, this probably was the best card ever because each of these matches was just freaking awesome. And it was headlined by Will Ospreay versus Monsley. And the ending of this contest it was a little convoluted, but it does give an out for Will Ospreay to challenge Monsley for another match coming down the road in New Japan Pro Wrestling as we saw... John Moxley delivered two Death Riders, go for the panel Will Ospreay, but you saw Will Ospreay get the shoulder up, even though the New Japan Pro Referee counted three, Moxley turned it into a submission, and we saw a Bissell tap out by Will Ospreay, and they declared Moxley the winner after the three count, so there's some controversy here, I can't wait to see these guys have another match but it wasn't the biggest pop of the night. The biggest pop of the night for this card was for Scott Norton. As he was one member of the Bullet Club as they faced off against the other members of the United Empire. And as soon as he tagged in, he nailed a powerbomb onto one member of the United Kingdom. The place went crazy. Then we got to see the matchup. I think everybody wants to see but they didn't know it at the time as Jeff Cobb. And Scott Norton just did big man offense against each other. So, ladies and gentlemen, I would love to see Wrestle Kingdom coming up this January with a short match between Jeff Cobb and Scott Norton. I think the Japanese fans would eat this up like candy. With all the good that card was, for the people at home who are watching on Fight TV, like myself, if you're not a diehard New Japan Pro Wrestling fan, it was enough where I could see the person going like, I'm never going to drop another $20 on a New Japan card because all of these technical issues. If New Japan Pro Wrestling wants to be a major player in North America, they need to seriously upgrade their infrastructure here in North America so these streaming issues will not happen again. Now, granted, I don't know if it was on the side of Fight TV or it was on the side of New Japan, but I did check my radar app, and it didn't seem like there was any weather around Chicago that would cause any kind of transmission issues, so I really don't know what happened. We will keep you abreast of the situation as we continue forward on Radio Free Professional Wrestling in the coming weeks. On to the next study question. Okay, study question number four. Would you like to see a match between Natalia Nightheart and KLR? Now, this past week's episode of NST 2.0, we did see Natalia Nightheart make an appearance on the show as she was seen in the rain talking to Cora J. Then, of course, being the heel that she is, she turns on Cora J. 
So we get to see the possibility of this feud between Cora J and Natalia Nahart. Got got me to thinking who else in this roster of NST women talent do we have? Would I want Natalia Nahart to go against? And of course, KLR is the first person that popped in my mind. I feel like this would be a money-making match in any other promotion besides the WWE. It has been an interesting run for KLR on the NST 2.0 brand. The forever champion from NST UK has been used on and off during her short time over here in the States. We've seen her last in that four-way match for the NST Women's title back at Stand and Deliver. And since then, it's been radio silence, basically, until this past weekend when we heard rumors that the WWE was changing her name. So hopefully with the name change, maybe they got some plans for KLR coming in the near future. And hopefully one of those things would be a match with Natalya and I heard because they would match up. I want to say the wrestling style would match up. Physically, they match up. And it would be one of the classic women matches of 2022. Okay, stunning question number five. Was the debut of Singh on AEW Dynamite the worst debut in professional wrestling history? No, I don't think it's the worst debut in professional wrestling history. I think that would be easily the Shopmaster as he basically trips through the wall coming out onto WCW. I want to say that was Saturday night where it was Ric Flair's top show segment where they debuted the Shopmaster. And that's a classic WCW moment. And literally it's a meme that goes, has gone around for the internet for years now. But back on AEW Dynamite this past week, the lights go out after the Samoa Joe RLH TV title match and we're thinking who could it possibly be to challenge Joe next and it comes out to a tall Indian guy who used to be a professional basketball player but like everybody else watching their TVs I was going like who the heck is this guy now granted I did enjoy the second quote unquote debut of this character thing on Battle of the Bells as he comes out with Jay Lethal and Sunday Duck after the ROH World Title match, where we saw Johnson Grissom defeat Dalton Castle, this was a better debut. If this was the debut of the same character, I feel like he would be a big Munster Hill right now. But even with this secondary debut here, I don't think they got this guy off to the right foot. But we'll just keep watching this as it continues through the weeks here on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. But go out your way to watch that Johnson Grissom versus Dalton Castle match. Fun Battle of the Belts because it was freaking cool to see Dalton on a national level TV show. The sixth and final stunning question of the week. Can this pairing of Damian Priest and Edge be beneficial to Damian Priest as he goes forward in his wrestling career for the WWE? I want to say yes, but this past Monday night's episode of Raw made me question it for a second because they had a match between him and AJ Styles. And the dude freaking teleported. Before he teleported, he looked like he turned into a vampire. And I'm going like, oh my freaking word. Is the WWE going back to the 1990s and being the WWE's version of Interview with the Vampires? Now, if you listen to Radio Free Professional Wrestling, you know I wasn't a big fan of Edge's heel turn to start with. But it kind of grew on me. And this pairing with Damian Priest has also grown on me. I like this new version of the Brew 2.0. I feel like they need to add another member. Maybe like Leo Ripley would be another option for them to bring into this group. 
but let's tone down the campiness of this new 2.0 version of Brood. I feel like it could be still a great stable, but we don't need a campiest of the 1990s version of the Brood. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been your stunning six questions, and it's time for our main event as I preview Impact's Rebellion pay-per-view. Coming up this weekend, this pay-per-view is headlined by Moose versus Josh Alexander as they have built this feud perfectly over the course of six months. Now, if you remember back in the fall, Alexander had his moment in the sun for about 30 seconds as he won the Impact World title from Christian Cage. And Moose cashed in his opportunity to challenge the champion right on the spot. And since then, Moose has been on a dominant run through the Impact roster. Now, if you missed this past week's episode of Impact Wrestling, you need to go back and watch it because it had two amazing hype videos for this match. One from Moose, one from Josh Alexander. Now, the Alexander one was better, I believe, as Josh Alexander tells Moose that he may be thinking that he's going to face one of the best professional wrestlers in the world this weekend. But, according to Josh Alexander, no, he's going to come face-to-face -face with the devil himself as he's going to beat the heck out of Moose for everything he's done to his family and take the one thing that Moose loves the most, and that's the Impact World title. And I feel like if I was going to do a Churchill Cup challenge here, I would take Josh Alexander to be your new Impact World Champion. I feel like this would be the perfect way to end the story and spin Josh Alexander off into a new feud. Now for the exhibition title, it's going to be a three-way match between Trey Miguel, Ace Austin, and Speedball Mike Belly. Now this could be a sleeper match of the night candidate here. And I got a feeling they're probably going to put the exhibition title on Mike Bailey because they've been giving him a lot of TV time, pushing him really good, I believe. Now, I feel like Trey Miguel was probably the best wrestler out of the three gentlemen in this match, but let's go ahead and say that Mike Bailey will be the winner of the X Division title. And another stellar match on this card is Reno Honor World Champion Jonathan Grissom versus Eddie Edwards in a non title match. Now, Eddie Edwards apparently is the leader of Honor No More. The faction of arena honor talent that has come over to Impact Wrestling from ROH after the closure of the original ROH brand. I feel like this could be a toss-up since the title is not on the line. But with the fact that Jonathan Grissom is one of the hottest acts going around the independent scene at the moment before he gets signed by AEW. Let's go ahead and say Jonathan Grissom wins this match here against Eddie Edwards. Okay, next on the card is your Godzilla versus King Kong match as we have Jonah versus Toro Ishii. I feel like Impact's going to give Jonah the win here over Ishii as I feel like Ishii might be wrapping up his stay in North America and going back over to New Japan for wrestling. And what a feather in the cap for Jonah if he can have this hard-hitting victory over one of the strongest hard-hitting wrestlers in New Japan for wrestling history and Ishii. For the knockout world championship we have Tasha Steele versus Rosemary now I feel like this is going to be the weakest match on the card here and I got a feeling that there's going to be some fooky finish here to keep Tasha Steele with the title since she just literally won it the last pay-per-view that Impact had I don't see them taking the title off her right now I don't feel like Rosemary needs a title to be Rosemary even though Rosemary would be my choice here if I was going to change the title because she's a better professional wrestler than Tasha Steele's in my opinion but let's go ahead and say Tasha still retains her title by devious means. And the other women's match on this card is for the AAA 
Rina de Arena's championship as Diana Perazzo faces off against Tyler Battery. Now, this is going to be another match of the night stealing type of match. But I got a feeling that maybe Triple A is ready to take their title off of Diana Perazzo and put it onto their talent and Tyler Battery, who just made her debut back with the company a few weeks ago. Now, it's all the question of is Tyler Battery also being signed to Impact Wrestling and she's going to stick around in Impact Wrestling. Now, if that's the case, I can see Diana Perazzo actually retain her title and leading this into a series of matches between the two ladies. So, it could either be a 50-50 coin flip type of match or it could be Diana Perazzo just dropping the title over to Tyler Battery and having Diana Perazzo ready to go either to the try to regain her ROH world title through AEW or go after Tasha Stills and the Impact title. A lot of cards, a lot of moving parts, but it's going to be curious, it's going to be interesting, and it'll be a match I'll be looking forward to. Another interesting match on the card is another three-way match. It's Chris Saban versus Jay White versus Steve Michaelin. Now, this is another coin flip match because I have no clue who they would favor in this match. Now, personally, you know I'm a big Jay White fan, but I'm also a big Chris Saban fan. So, I'm sitting here trying to debate this in my head. Who should get the win here? I feel like Jay White should get the win over Saban, but they also been pushing Steve Mountain a lot. And if you're going to have a babyface champion and Alexander, he's going to need another heel challenger after Moose. So, give me Steve Lightland to be the person to to win here. Either that or it's going to be Jay White and we can see Jay White versus Josh Alexander for the Impact title. Which could be a very interesting match. Okay, so the last match on the card at the time of recording, we don't have all the list of the tag teams for this 8 tag team challenge for the Impact tag team belts. But we do know that Violent by Sign members Eric Young and Diener will be defending their Impact World titles in a 8 team elimination match now this could be a possibly a where impact debuts a new tag team and puts the titles on the new tag team debuting and i'm gonna go ahead and call it without knowing all the teams listed i'm gonna say we're gonna have new impact tag team champions coming out of rebellion overall this looks like a solid card from top to bottom with maybe one weak match in the middle being rosemary versus tasha stills but besides that this could be a card that you would want to go and Drop the $40 on and give Impact Wrestling an opportunity to see if it's something you enjoy. Over the course of the last few months, Impact has been firing on all cylinders. It has been a solid program where it has progressed storylines and it makes sense. And it hasn't done anything like the WWE has done where it makes you feel like you've been stupid for watching the program. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been Radio Free Professional Wrestling for this week. Please join me next week as I... Stanley, welcome back, my co-host David Smartmart to Radio Free Professional Wrestling, and the only way I know how. But until then, everybody have a stunning rest of your week. Stay stunning. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcast and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.